Hey everyone, I'm Mallory Rubin and I am thrilled to tell you that House of R has a new podcast feed. Joanna Robinson and I will now be with you twice a week with more of the deep dives you've come to know and love on the Ringerverse. In addition to exploring all of your favorite nerd culture new releases, we'll have nostalgic revisitations, hype meters, Hall of Fame inductions, tropes courses, drafts, and more. All bad babies are welcome as we dive into Star Wars, Marvel, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, and beyond. Follow the new House of Our feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Duncan. Duncan just dropped a new kind of energy, and they call it Sparked Energy. Are you a spontaneous spirit who likes bringing a high-octane feel to the group chat? Grab a Berry Burst Sparked Energy. Love bringing that upbeat comedy vibe wherever you go? Turn the fun up to 11 with their peach sunshine flavor. Whatever your energy, Duncan's here to match it with a revitalizing burst of caffeine and full-on fruit flavors. Even better, a medium sparked energy is $3 now through March 19th. Drop by and get sparked by Duncan. Sparked energy drinks are fruit-flavored, contain 0% fruit juice. Beverages contain caffeine from caffeine and guarana. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. At Walt Disney World Resort, magic is found in spontaneity. The unplanned, the unexpected, an inside joke born in the Haunted Mansion queue, a surprise stitch sighting in Tomorrowland, watching fireworks from your room. These memories aren't made from predetermined plans, but manifested from simply being present and together in the most magical place. Find your moment at Walt Disney World Resort. Welcome to the Ringerverse. This is, of course, the Ringer's Nexus podcast feed for all things fandom. We are Steve, the architect almond, the tinker of things. We are Jomi, the explainer at dinner on. We've got questions. He's got answers. The Ghanaian gangsta. Not doing this. Not doing this with you today. We are Coke Baby Chuck. The 24 karat closer, aka the brunch hottie, aka sleeping beauty. <laughs> we are <laughs> oh old man Van, he of the receding, resurgent, bad form when lifting weights, hairline. Together we are known as uh, the Midnight Boys. <laughs> whoa, whoa, Van, you ain't you ain't bracing when you're lifting. I'm I'm I got a trainer. It's with, so, it's, it's with lifting with your back, buddy. He's lifting with the arm. Oh, here's the thing. Once you fuck up your back, I fucked up my back working out. It's donezo. It's, <laughs> it's the worst type of thing. The only thing that I can do is rely on the professionals that I'm working out with. Okay. And they say things are fine. And I put my faith in them. I'm up to 275 on my lifts. I'm 275 squat, 275 deadlift. Ooh. I am uh, 240 on bench. We're going. What did, what did they say is bad about your form? They say that my form is bad because my back isn't straight, mm. right? And I'm not lifting with enough leg. Here's the thing. I've had a curved back ever since I noticed in the sixth grade that my titties were poking out. Oh, my. Right. This is a fact. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sixth grade, 1991. I noticed that my titties were poking out and I rolled uh, around my shoulders. 
And that that sucked them in, and I've been like that ever since. Uh-huh. I had to tit bombs, even when I was thinner. I was still like, I got a curve back. I'm trying to work it out. But now I'm posting videos on there with the bad form just to troll people. Everybody's <laughs> got an opinion. Yeah, but it's also <laughs> your max weight. So you're like, yeah, I'm trolling, but also peep the weight. I mean, yeah, it's 275 eight times, baby. Let's get it up. Eight Let's, times? I, yeah. The closest it's I could four, do it sets, it, it sets. It's two sets of four. I could do 253. That's like my, like, that's where I'm locking <laughs> out with the with the deadlifts. You're a strong man. You're a strong man. <sighs> Follow us on socials, guys. We'll have more riveting conversations like this on socials. Okay. Insta, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, save Jomi's job. Rest in peace, threads. Nobody cares. Tough. Um, <laughs> Uh, no one Zuck didn't cash the, in on time we're still on the cesspool baby X Damn. baby no one had the wherewithal to continue it so now we're, we're what if y'all was going there? crazy last night and I saw y'all didn't think I was gonna see but I fucking saw ooh oh. ooh what happened ooh. Charles you, does Charles have a hold on wait 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 I would like to introduce I would like to introduce a new a new thing okay I would like to introduce a new thing here midnight Grievances. Oh, this yeah. is this will be a grievance. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it up right now. Do you, can y'all guess who it is? Uh, Jomi, Steve. I think it's Steve. Oh, is oh, it it's, Steve? It's definitely Steve. Oh, oh really? So midnight grievance. I'm, the first ever. This is a big moment. The this, first right, well, ever midnight grievance. All right, let's go. And it's being brought up by Charles. I also encourage the audience to also bring up their midnight grievances. Charles, uh, mm-hmm. let it go. This is for Stephen J. Allman. Jay. And Dan, I'm now, now on your fucking side, Van, because you are absolutely right about all of us. Last week, motherfuckers looked at me crazy because I respectfully, I respectfully was looking at a beautiful woman and I was just like, we'll I debate just about it. how respectfully that was. Oh, yeah. I, it was respectful. It was respectful, in my opinion. All right. I was respectfully looking. I didn't get a fucking nothing. I didn't get grace. I didn't get, hey, just let him speak his speech. Nothing. Okay. I didn't even get a fucking deep shadow protocol. Stephen J. Allman, 14 hours ago, this show knows what it's doing with hashtag Harrison Doula. Don't put me in jail. Lock up Filoni. He did it. This isn't the fucking energy that you had last episode, Steve. That's not the energy that the episode had last week either. Are you crazy? It was egregious this episode. Are you egregious? Steve, this is the problem. You take reality and you bend it to your will. Just like a white man does. The whole thing, bro. They've been doing it the whole season. (laughs) Not like this. Not like this. Not like this. Steve. Steve. I'm watching Kalika. (laughs) We're watching the thing, and Kalika goes, she has a nice ass, and the people that make this show know it. They've been doing it the whole time. What episode was that? And what episode did she say that on? Bro, the, the beginning... It's like, oh, the first wow. episode, dude. Like, is the, the whole thing, this is, there are memes about this. You don't get to remake the fucking reality here. It's now not that I'm you, remaking the reality. So it's just it's like, Steve, by just the time episode this. five rolls around, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. So why was it okay to fucking put me on the fucking stake like I'm a horny gremlin last episode, and after I take all of the fucking bullets for you, you come out here horny on main? This isn't me, this isn't me talking about 
me needing to go to horny jail. This is Dave Filoni needing to go to horny jail. He knew what the shot list was that day. He knew who was on the call sheet. Oh my God. This is the, this is the return of the sactivist. So now, (laughs) so now this is the return of the sactivist. So now it's actually not about the fact that you can't stop looking at her. It's about the fact that they are shooting her in a way that you feel like is objectifying her. See what I'm talking about with these sactivist games? Guess what? Midnight grievance sustained. I vote that this grievance <laughs> that this grievance is sustained against Steve. Jomi, how do you vote on this midnight grievance? So I think what happened was so we went to the Spotify uh screening He's- room and we watched the episode. Mm-hmm. And so it's on like, you know, normally like we like watch it on a you know television screen, however big. But this was on like a like you know this is a theater legitimate screen. theater screen. So you thirsting with other Spotify employees? No, 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 no. no. It's okay, only a couple. Let, of us. Let's, only a couple let's of describe us. the scene here. It's me <laughs> in the front row. So Jomi three was, rows Steve back from me. She was dead ass in the front. Can I, can, I, can I be honest with you guys? Do you guys know how fucking perverted you're making this scene? Like, you're making it's so it seem bad like right you're now. in a dark room <laughs> with this whole thing and you're watching it. And it's, and, it's, and it's everybody in there. Like you watched it alone and you couldn't. It's, you're making it worse. Here's what I'm like, saying. Here, look, here's what it was. Steve was up there, front row, big screen. By and himself. Look, if that, and if that's the first thing you thought of, Steve. I saw you. I got I, a sign Jeremy, with I turned your to you man. and I was like, this is getting ridiculous. And you're like, uh-huh. I was like, man. <laughs> Gosh. Three Gosh. See, the two of you are cowards. The fucking mint boys are fucking cowards. Cow- Just say y'all were looking and let's leave it. And let's get to the episode. So do you vote yes or no for the grievance? I vote yes. Yeah. Oh, three to 100%. one. Grievance <laughs> sustained. Thank okay. you so much. Justice has been served. Three to one. <laughs> grievance sustained. What do you mean justice has been served? You just got a grievance upheld against you. <laughs> now, if you get to five grievances by the end of the year, <laughs> by the end of the year, we're gonna we're gonna decide what could go. And these are not transgressions. Transgressions are going too far. Grievances are actual subversions of the midnight boys culture. And Steve, you did it. You turned your back on Charles, and then the <laughs> next day you got even more horny in your own rated X this theater. Isn't, this isn't with Jomi. Okay, it's fine. This is taxi this driver. Is a prosecution. You were just Filoni. in that theater thirsting. A day for, and then and then I should I should actually file an extra grievance for you. <laughs> try to for, blame for, Dave for this. For you trying to blame, blame Dave, Dave, Dave for this. For this. I blame Dave for this. Dave on the tracks. For- <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, look, can we get to the program reminders that we were like 10 minutes in? Uh, this Friday, Min Edition will be um, discussing Harley Quinn season four. Very funny show. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny show, violent show, sexual show. show. Uh, Harley Quinn, great show. Um, they'll be into that. Uh, Friday, House of R will be giving you their deep dive into Ahsoka episode five. Um, we did a, a beloved, 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 lovely draft on the House of R yesterday. Who we won? did a droid draft. I'm not sure who won. I'm not, I don't know if anybody. Do you know off put, top? You do. Do you know off top the teams? Wait, actually, don't spoil it. I'm gonna listen to it. Yeah, like uh, it was very fun. Steve was there. And he brings a different energy when he's on there with Mal and Joe. It's not best behavior. He's not yeah. a real. Well, it's sicko. not my show. I'm not on mic he, like that. He's <laughs> not a real sicko like he is on the Midnight Boys. But it's yeah, Steve. yeah. It's 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 Steve kind of code switching. He code NPR. Switches. He has his NPR voice. Mm. On. First of all, and just to know that they have you, a goddamn sacrifice piece 
Oh. <laughs> All right. Um, and on Monday, Button Mash returns to discuss Mortal Kombat, Spider-Man, and the biggest games of October. It's on Button Mash. All right. Me and Steve talked about video games that we liked. We came up to the house on Sunday. We talked about, was it Shadow of the Colossus? Shadow of the Colossus, Bioshock, some of the greatest video games of all time. I suggested something that they should maybe do on Button Mash was greatest video games of all time situation. But I would like to see what they think. I would like to see what Ben and Jess think about, you know, greatest video games of all time. On today's show, oh my God, cooking with grease. Grease is the word. It's the okay. word. We're going in between worlds. And we're going to be talking about episode five of Ahsoka titled Shadow Warrior. All right, now look, here's the deal. You guys were about to get into episode five. Everybody's talking about it. And we're going to spoil some stuff. Everything up to Star Wars to this point, and maybe some stuff that you didn't read or you didn't watch, because we can't be sure how much of this foundational work that you guys have done to even understand what's going on in this episode. So you haven't done it, and you're going back, you're watching Rebels, you're watching Clone Wars, we might ruin some of that stuff for you. It might get spoiled. Steve, give me that spoiler warning now. We're getting ready to talk about Ahsoka. You're listening to a reaction podcast. The spoilers are coming. All right, before we get into our reactions to this episode, we have to put you in the need to know. And the only way to do that is by Chuck giving you the Midnight Manifest. Chuck, take it away. All right, this is your Midnight Manifest for Ahsoka, Shadow Warrior, directed and written by Dave Filoni. Ahsoka wakes up in the world between worlds to find Anakin, who says she needs to finish her training. Anakin tells Ahsoka that she needs to choose whether she wants to live or die. After a brief lightsaber duel, Ahsoka is transported back to one of her first missions with Anakin during the Clone Wars. Ahsoka is overwhelmed by the brutality of warfare and argues with Anakin about why he's being so cavalier about all the atrocity that's happening around them. Meanwhile, on Seados, Jason can hear Ahsoka and Anakin's lightsabers through his connection to the Force. Then, Hera and her squadron investigate the seas, looking for any trace of Ahsoka. Back in the world between worlds, Ahsoka has another vision where Anakin is at the siege of Mandalore for the first time. After more back and forth between Master and Apprentice, Anakin turns to the dark side, but through Ahsoka embracing life, she finds the will to defeat the guilt tied to her time with Anakin, which is when she's rescued by Hera and her team. When she wakes up, she realizes the Purgles are the way she will find Ezra and Thrawn, and then after communicating with the giant Purgle, Ahsoka and Wang fly into its mouth so they can travel to this new galaxy, and that has been your Midnight Manifest for Ahsoka, Shadow Warrior. All right, let's do it. Chuck, episode five, Shadow Warrior. Before before we get into, like, my first thoughts on the episode, can I get, like, a micro? Because I just, like, I just want to talk about Hayden and, and Anakin real quick. Sure. It was really emotional watching him on screen. It was, like, I didn't realize how weird it would be because I think I grew up on those prequels. Um... And when I was a kid, I was in elementary school. I wasn't wrapped up in the, are the sequels bad or are the sequels not? It was just like, Anakin, Hayden, this is fucking dope. It's not until I was like older and had seen more movies where I'm just like, oh, okay. I, I can see why people are mad. But having watched Clone Wars and Rebels and gone on this journey and, and read about everything that Hayden had gone through with all of like the hatred and the vitriol, it was really, really, really emotional seeing him again on screen. 
And I, I think he was done a disservice in the prequels because he basically has like two movies to share this massive journey of who Anakin is going from this petulant child to this war hero to Darth Vader. And this was like watching him at this age get the chance to reclaim this character, add so much nuance to it. I don't even know if he could have pulled this off at any other age. There was just, there was this look in his eyes and there was just so much. It was, did you have a similar experience, fan, of watching? It just felt, <clears throat> it felt so good seeing this version of him on screen. Um, I didn't know that I would have that, that feeling watching it. Um, in many ways, the character of Anakin Skywalker never came into his own. Yeah. The stories were uh, inconsistent. Like you said, some of the growth was disjointed. Um, if you are a complete lore head, then you know that there is a lot of supplemental material that rounds out what Anakin went through, who Anakin was, and what he became. You know that. But if you're strictly going by what's on screen, in live action particularly, then you know that there sometimes didn't seem like there was a lot of meat on the bone for him. All right? I love Revenge of the Sith. and I think that's probably the best... Uh, that you you have to offer when it comes to Anakin, I do, but it there was a toll that that movie took not as much on Ewan McGregor and on Natalie Portman, but on Hayden Christensen for sure. Oh, he took the, first time he that took we the saw brunt him. of that. Sure, sure, of that anger, <laughs> and he he wore that right. He wore uh, a lot of people's angst and judgments and negative feelings about the prequels. And, you know, he went on to have a career, a pretty decent career. You know, he, he had chances. He had other things that he was in. He had other stuff that he was doing. But he's a, still a relatively young man. And to come full circle here with people that are, and this is no shot at George Lucas or the team behind the prequels, people that are in a better rhythm with Star Wars. Star Wars itself is in a better rhythm right now um, than it was then. Uh, they were restarting something to a degree. And to see him come full circle with the character is very moving. It's very moving for us, and it's also very moving for Anakin Skywalker himself. We always litigate what uh, a Skywalker, the, the family, Anakin himself, what it means to the lore. But there are parts of me that still feel like we haven't really touched the anguish of what that betrayal meant to um, all the people around him and what it meant to Kenobi, what it meant to uh, Ahsoka, uh, what it meant to the people that loved and believed in him um, and what it really meant to him. You know, we really looked at a lot of this stuff originally through Luke's eyes. So to see all of this stuff and all of this lore come back to a place where we can grab onto it and to see Hayden be so charismatic, so awesome, and so alive, they brought the character, they brought Anakin Skywalker back to life. There wasn't a, it wasn't a zombie version of him. It was a living, breathing portrayal of him. And it was awesome. And it did feel great. And it does feel great. It felt great to be there and to see her have to go through that. You know, um, we all know how everything went down. I've seen it. Watch Clone Wars, watch Rebels. But at the same time, 
watching those two people share emotion in the world between worlds and watch them relitigate some things and, and seeing that. Damn it. <laughs> See, he didn't have that swashbuckling, like adventure yeah. energy, that charm. It was just, I was very like jolted. I was like, oh wait, we never did get this in live action. Like you, you watch a lot of Clone Wars, you read a lot of stuff, but it was this, I was like, oh shit. Like this was always in him. So I, yeah, I just, I know we have to talk about the, how we felt about the episode as a whole, but it's like, I can't divorce the episode from my feelings of being like, we finally got Hayden doing the thing that we always wished that he was able to do, especially once Clone Wars gave us an Anakin that is more charismatic, more of a hero, and someone where you're like, oh, this is why Darth Va- the fall to Darth Vader is so impactful. And this was also the first episode where I felt like this is the Ahsoka show. Like, this is what they were building towards. I was like, no, this is a journey that not only I can get behind, but it shows you that there's more meat and story to tell with Ahsoka. And yeah, I just, yeah, it was wild. It was wild seeing them. It was wild seeing them duel. It was wild seeing the Clone Wars. I was very just, it was a very, like it was a nostalgia bomb in ways that were both compelling, confounding, and just, yeah. So look, the interesting thing about the episode, and we can have a member Barry's conversation about the episode and about how much of the immersive, emotional work, uh, the immersive emotional work, should I say, is being done by things that we always wish that we had wanted to see um, and how that uh, buttresses up against progressing and evolving this particular story. We can have that conversation. But at the same time, like for me, if you love Star Wars and if you know the story of Star Wars, not the plot of Star Wars, if you know the story of it, if you know everything that happened, then you had to love the way that the last episode ended and this episode started. And it's okay to say that. It's okay to say, you know what, man? Just seeing him back on screen, looking great. The de-aging at the end of the episode last week was a little whatever. He looked perfect in this episode. Perfectly it was, The de-aging this episode was not as bad as I don't even know episode. if they did it. It didn't even seem like they did it. You, you, you know what I mean? Or if they really did do it, I didn't even notice it. So I, I could I could sense it, but it was not, it did not take me out of the story in the same way like sense last episode was like, who, I was like, who, oh who, shit. What do you mean you could sense it? Who are you? Fucking Jason? <laughs> you could sense it? You hear you, you that, hear wait, really quick, you that can is my nitpick. The, what? Hera? What? Hera, you dated? You dated and copulated with a with a Jedi? Stop asking, being like, Jason is feeling stuff. What could he be? I'm just like, he has the force. Like, can we like, what are we? <laughs> Hera, I, feel, I, feel, I feel like to be, I feel, I feel like to be honest with you, she kind of, she let him rock a little bit. No, she, she did, but, clear I, out. but in the beginning, she's like, what do you mean? You're hearing things in the waves. I'm like, Hera? This this kid has force powers. I don't know what to tell you. Why are you acting All right. surprised? All right, so we did we did our little our entire little back and forth about Hayden. I want to get uh before we throw it over to the mid boys. I want to get a re- a reaction to you from episode five. How you felt? I think I'm still really processing my emotions about it, and it's not you know like this was a terrible episode or this was a great episode. It was more so. 
this felt like an episode that was the convergence of everything that Dave Filoni, the journey that he's been on, um, from the hated animated movie where everybody couldn't stand Ahsoka to them finding a rhythm with Clone Wars and building this world around something that we are had heard of that had the emotion and the depth and the pain of what a war story should entail. And it continues on with Rebels. So it was interesting where you're just like, this almost kind of in a weird way to me felt like a rapper's third album, where it's just like when Kanye gets a graduation or Drake gets and nothing was the same, this is like the, okay, everything has been building to this moment. And this episode definitely felt like Filoni being like, I can finally like emotionally canonize my version of the Clone Wars. Seeing Ahsoka as a child soldier was riveting in a way that I was like, oh, she was like legit a child. Like you can see it on the cartoon, but there's a level of them just like, this is cartoons. There's not blood. There's not anything. Seeing Ahsoka afraid and be like, Anakin, this isn't a joke. Why are you laughing? And then her going back to like fucking killing the enemies. I was like, this is fucking wild. It's, it is still something, yes, I'm trying to like wrap my head around how ambitious and big this episode felt for my journey with Dave Filoni, if that makes any sense, and my journey from the prequels to Clone Wars and Rebels to Mando through Ahsoka. I was like, this is a man who has been working towards this all his life. And I'm still like, I have to watch the episode a couple more times to really kind of center how I felt about it. But leaving it, I felt, yeah, I did feel good about a lot of the things that happened in this episode. Am I like, does, I'm not trying to sound negative at all. It was just, I, am I making sense, Van, in terms of like me trying to like emotionally and mentally like wrap around how much shit was in this episode? Not really. Not really. Um, but I, I get it. And this is what I'll say. I loved it, right? Yeah. I loved it. It was the single most unique episode of Star Wars television I've ever seen. Because it was way too big for TV. But they that, it That off. is a very, in a short way, you got to what I was trying to get to where I was like, this is, he's taking the biggest bite of the yeah. Apple thus far in terms of like, I was like, oh shit, they're doing it. And so that's the thing. The, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. But coming away from it, I was thinking to myself, this is people getting exactly what they say they wanted. A big, wondrous, deep exploration of not only the story that we're telling, but the world that we love. And we, we've been saying for a long time, if we can't do this on television, then we should stop trying. If the TV shows are going to be relegated to being these small little hors d'oeuvres of content, then let them be that. Like serve us the finger food and we'll adjust. But if you're telling us they're going to be important then make them feel big, this is the quintessential example of that happening. The quintessential example of that. Andor 
and this is the last time you'll hear me bring up Andor, but I'm just, I have to bring it up here. It's not a lore exploration. It is in many ways a very intimate story, right? Of one guy and his struggle and the beginnings of a rebellion. So in a lot of ways, it has to do less work than something like this does. We have to explore the world between worlds. We have to explore the force. We have to explore the dark side of the force. We have to explore galaxies that we haven't seen in live action yet. We have to explore missing characters. We have to get with space. There's a lot that's happening, and it's grounded in the lore that particularly Dave Filoni has created. And people have been saying that they want that. And this episode is the litmus test about whether or not you really do. Because it is a big, fucking, ambitious pile of Star Wars. And I ate it up with my motherfucking hands, baby. I ate I num-nums. Give me the Star Wars. Watching the Clone Wars flashbacks, I did have that feeling of being like, there wasn't that much of it. And I was just like, immediately, it probably did the wrong thing where I was just like, I just want <laughs> I just got to watch this whole episode. I'm now like fascinated with, when you see Rex, when you see all this stuff, I'm just like, oh, to your point, I'm like, oh, we're finally getting live action Clone Wars? And then it's over. And I'm just like, oh, okay, this is still the Ahsoka show. They still need to find Ezra. They still need to find Thrawn. And that's probably why, like there's two sides of my brain kind of like bouncing back and forth because- I never thought we would really get this. And now that we did, I was just like, I am very interested in seeing live action Hayden and this little Ahsoka and how grisly this war looks. Uh, Cause yeah, Ahsoka was fucking shit up. And I was just like, you're too young for this. You're too young of a soul. Man, boys, what you got? This is where the fun begins. I thought this episode was really, really good. I mean, it's not perfect, but I can't get over the Hayden of it all. I think, I mean, I don't even think this is definitely the best performance we've ever gotten from him in, in Star Wars. And it just goes to show how like, man, like a little, little more meat on the bones than prequels could have been special, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> a little, 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 we tweak a little something, something and, and, and we could have got some, some that, that means a lot, but not nah, man. Hayden was great. I think the, I mean, y'all know how I feel about the Purgles. I think the scene at the end with Ahsoka and, you know, them getting, like, Jonahed off to wherever they're going was pretty good. Uh, But, yeah, no, like, a fantastic episode of television for all the reasons that you guys have talked about before. And, yeah, man, like, the deep, them going back and, yeah, sure, the flashbacks weren't animated, ha, ha, ha. But that bit of the episode, like, meant a lot for the, who Ahsoka is and who she's become. And I think that that's awesome and incredible. And yeah, Dave Filoni really knocked it out of the park with this one. You Well, wait, wait a second though. The flashbacks weren't animated. So weren't what animated. are you saying? Well, so what, I mean, what, like, like, did really that ding, did, did that ding it for you, Jomi? Were Jomi, you like, did you want to see them flash back to cartoons while we were in live action? Jomi, <laughs> no. this comes Talk back to, to the first episode that we did. No, yeah. I, what, what was really great was, and I said this in a moment, like short hair Anakin had the same and the short hair he had to fit, you know what I'm saying? From the like early seasons of Clone Wars where we're like, eh, I don't really, I don't really know. But then like when they go back and she's in the Siege of Mandalore, they look back to like like the season four, season five look, and you're like, all right, we're cooking again. Like it was it was the the attention to detail was awesome. And then hearing uh Rex, you know, was that was pretty cool. 
So yeah, like all that stuff was awesome. Like really rocked it. Steve, <clears throat> this this episode is fascinating. I I kind of agree with you, Van. Where like there's a lot that this episode bit off, and it is sticking with me in kind of the biggest ways of like I'm looking down the barrel of like what what Star Wars means now, because like Charles said, this is kind of the this for now is the pinnacle of what Dave Filoni has been working towards to. Like Clone Wars, the animated show has been canon, quote unquote, hard quotes for like as long as it's been here. Like they didn't get rid of that. But as I'm, far but as like, ushering, but as far as ushering that and validating it into a live action yeah. mass market for all to see product, this is its essential debut. And to bring all of those ideas forward in a way that an audience that is not familiar with it entirely. It, it has to be kind of masterful in how he does that. And I think that it actually is perfect because as I think about this more, I like everybody, like I agree with everybody's praise of Anakin with all of this. But again, it's Ahsoka's name on this show. At the end of the day, I, I keep finding myself thinking about how this is actually kind of an affirmation about all of like the things that The Last Jedi would talk about. Legacy in Star Wars, ebbs and flows in the Force, and good and evil, and the decisions that Soka makes and thinks about in the world between worlds actually are a tapestry of all of the emotions that all three sequel trilogies, all three trilogies of Star Wars have had. And I think it's kind of incredible. I need to shout out Anna Greenblatt, who, who portrayed Ahsoka in this, because she did a phenomenal job. Young Gamora? Young Gamora, in Barbie as well. Like, Incredible acting in this episode from her and to portray exactly what she needed to do in front of Hayden, who was cooking with grease the entire time. It's absolutely phenomenal. We'll get to like those smaller moments, but I think that this is actually like kind of a big emotional cornerstone in all of the canon of star Wars. I might be the highest I've ever been on this. I mean, I will say if I have something like I did very much love this episode they started with the, I think it was last episode of the episode before where Huang is basically like, your line of, uh, your line of Jedi, well fucked up. And this episode was, they actually like delved into it where when Anakin is describing like, yeah, I had a mentor. We were peacekeepers. Now I need to teach you how to be a soldier. And thematically what that means in terms of like, when Ahsoka basically becomes Ahsoka the White when we see her in the same garb that she has at the end of Rebels, it was so interesting seeing, I'm like, oh, okay, these first five, five episodes were about Ahsoka almost having to deprogram herself from what her master had taught her, where Anakin is trying to teach her how to survive during war, how to get mission accomplishment done. And it was like interesting where I was like, oh, she was not, built for that in the way that he was like this actually made me start going back to like the phantom menace and i'm like we forget not only was anakin a slave he the minute he is freed he's basically a child soldier he has to jump in a ship and he has to save the galaxy and then in the second one he's like a soldier who's like killing a bunch of people but also seems at home and it was it did so much for me seeing a very live a young live action ahsoka not being built for it in that way and almost seeing the horror of war for the first time in a way that Anakin had almost steeled his heart against it. 
I think it did way, it did so much for me about understanding why they wanted to make this show about Ahsoka in 2023. And that's what I really, I was like, this is what I needed to see. And that's what I really loved. So the episode to me is essential, right? It's essential because of the questions that it's asking us about Ahsoka through the evolution of her character. Okay, so we go back. We, we're starting here. She's in the world between worlds. She just lost a fight. She just lost a fight to the fantastic Balin. <laughs> we didn't even see Balin. Balin's somewhere off right now. He's 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 uh, doing squats with better form than me. Helping Shin bleach her roots. I mean, compared compared to how her and Anakin were going at it, I'm like, Ahsoka, why'd you have so much trouble with Balin? That motherfucker was moving a lot slower it's than It's different. Anakin. It's different. Anakin... <laughs> Anakin probably could have ended that motherfucking. Yeah, you know they've been. They've been oh, so she's she's seen Anakin's moves. She's like, I've seen. I'm also, familiar with also, your game. Also, she got distracted. True, and, true. Uh, she got distracted. There's, <laughs> there's a, a lot there's in her heart at that moment. Right there. But if, if if we really think about Ahsoka and where she is right now, she's juggling a lot of different things. She's trying to prevent a war. She's trying to train a Padawan. She's trying to find a friend. So these are three things that test every single different aspect of who Ahsoka is as a character. The traditional version of Ahsoka is the one that would take a Padawan and continue the legacy of the Jedi. That's been going on for thousands and thousands of years. You take a Padawan, you continue the legacy of the Jedi, you make sure that the Jedi order and the traditions that they've upheld for X amount of generations, that those things continue. Okay. Um, <clears throat> you are also a soldier. A soldier that's been in war. A soldier that has seen what happens in war. A soldier that has lost friends in war. A soldier that has watched friends turn on her in war. A soldier that has fought a war, then realized that that war was a sham. Ahsoka is essentially like a lot of our brothers and sisters that came back from Vietnam and then had these gigantic questions about what warfare means, what putting your body on the line means for people that have their own political ideals in mind. You come back and you fought all of this time. You saw all of this stuff. You come back to a dystopian society and you realize that you weren't fighting for the reason that you thought that you were fighting. Ahsoka's also dealing with that. She's not that much different than that guy that we saw. I can't remember which show it was now. I think it was The Mandalorian, that clone that uh, was displaced. He was unhoused and he was sitting there. And you're like, you know, the Oh, and Obi-Wan, yeah. Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan, sees, Obi-Wan sees the homeless um, clone trooper. Right. She's scarred in that same way. And then you have the Ahsoka. Uh... That is, so that Ahsoka right there is trying to stave off another war. She knows what that means. She doesn't want to see that happen. So she's still fighting in a war by trying to prevent a war. And then you have the Ahsoka that just wants to go find a friend. That comes a little bit from what she knows of Skywalker. Sky, the Skywalker lineage is these people that learn all of this stuff, but you put their friends in danger and they say, fuck it. I'm going to get my pals. All right. They didn't come up as traditional Jedi. They weren't trained to disconnect. Connection is intertwined with who they are. Connection for some of these Skywalkers, it's the reason why they want to become Jedi. 
I want to become a Jedi not so I can go out there and save the galaxy. I want to become a Jedi if I'm a little Anakin Skywalker so I can come back here and free all the slaves. He said it, and then they told him he couldn't do it. Comes back, his mom is dead. He kills everybody, including the children. Batman goes, not a big deal. I know he just <laughs> killed like 30 You're people. You're fine, babe. This I, come honestly, back. It would have been awesome if we got like an Anakin Unchained where he does go back to the plantation with the lightsaber. Like, That's a good Oh, my God. Or even a dream sequence where he goes that- back and he just cuts up everybody. Like in- Are you talking about that scene in Django? Yeah. Oh Anakin Unchained. That's a good suit. movie. See, this is the type of shit that me and Charles would make. And it's the Hell type yeah. of shit that would make money. Just Anakin just killing up the whole thing. It's funny. Um, so when you look at all those aspects of who she was, of who she is, um, and when you think about them, this episode puts her right in the middle of coming to terms with all of that. Coming to terms with whether or not she's a warrior, whether or not she's a friend, whether or not she's an apprentice. Like having to deal with the fact that the things that she has put faith in um, have only led her to more confusion. She's put faith in being a soldier, hasn't answered any questions. She put faith in being an apprentice, hasn't answered any questions. She put faith in being a Jedi, hasn't answered any questions. She is still on this journey to try to find answers. And where those, where this journey is going to take her is going to be a, have a lot to do with how she confronts her past. And that's, to me, what this is about. Confronting the fact that this person that she loved turned into this terrible, terrible, terrible tyrant. Coming to terms with the fact that she, that Sabine, once again, is in a situation where she betrayed her. And you see in this episode, the reason why I love it so much, you see Ahsoka get her mojo back. You like she comes out of herself a little bit. She is now super inspired to go someplace, not just out of duty, not just out of fear, but out of a sense of adventure and ambition to go get questions answered. She's here for it. And that was something that I think was purposefully done. I think. The first two episodes where I, myself, were was complaining about her portrayal of the character, I now know that she was being a little sullen by design. Like there's a there's a part in the flashback where Anakin makes a joke. She's like, bruh, what are you doing? It's why are you joking right now? Yeah. He's like, Do you see like what's going on around us? You know what I mean? Like, do you understand what's going on? In order to like you know, keep myself upright, keep making sure that I'm on the same level. I'm going to do me, right? And I'm going to continue to to make these jokes and, and get these things off. We have to realize that, like, in times like these, in these dark moments, we have to think about ourselves and how, you know, we, we stay up. And despite the fact that, you know, I grew up as a peace, you know, peacekeeper, I got to teach me to warrior. I got to teach me a warrior. It's difficult, but we have to make do with what we got. I thought that I thought that scene was excellent. Wait, you know, but wasn't Anakin was wasn't Anakin teaching her the wrong lesson it, in that it, moment? It, it's it's what I loved about it is because it's the perfect lesson that applies to Anakin that he that makes sense to him. Right. Because right. of how he came up, because of what yes. he has been through, all that he knew and why he relishes in war is because his strength and his determination and his has gotten him as far as that he has. When he's, you know, reveling in 
battles and teaching Ahsoka that this is fine, like you're going to be great. And his confidence carries him forward. That's when she's scared of him. That's when she's when she sees that image of Darth Vader to see what he will become. Her perception of him, and this is the biggest like moment for me in this whole episode and what made me think about The Last Jedi so much is when he is imparting to her that you're part of this legacy. You are part of this knowledge and growth from my master to his master and his master to go forward. And we will defend and we will fight and we will protect all of these things. And his lesson at the beginning is live or die. And she only sees death when she looks at that lesson from him. And he can't understand that. And he never will because he obviously becomes what he becomes. Live or die, man. Exactly. Both of these Jedi have been failed by the institutions and systems that brought them up. Somewhat by Anakin's fault in the, in the terms of Ahsoka, but everything in terms of Anakin. The Jedi Order, Obi-Wan, everything, every lesson that brought him through to the Clone Wars. The reason that Ahsoka walks, walks away is because you she think Obi Wan, you think Kenobi failed Anakin Skywalker? He he ad, he, yeah. he admits that he, there's that something. He I have failed you, Anakin. Yeah, there's something that happens in this episode that I think does point to that. So I, so I'll be honest with you. I personally think that's akin to your parents saying. Now this is a good little thread to pull on right here. Mm-hmm. Like you know when you do something wrong, and your parents go, "I failed you. I didn't. I didn't." I didn't raise you. It's a. It's both an indictment right. of themselves, but really, it's a guilt trip. It's the a, failure. The, the failure. The the failure in terms of Anakin Skywalker was to take him as an apprentice in the first place. Sure. It it, it, it there's there's it couldn't have gone anyway. Many like, mistakes were made. He, he was he yeah. was always going to do exactly what he did. But but like, but to be clear, <clears throat> what did because what bothers Ahsoka? Like. One of the jokes that bothers Ahsoka, and this happened in like the first fucking movie, is that Anakin does not want Ahsoka around. He looks at her like an annoyance. He's just like, I don't want a fucking Padawan. And Obi-Wan in Phantom Menace is like, looks at Anakin like less than a bug. He's just like, why are we fucking like around with this kid? Get him away from me. And it was like an interesting, when we see Luke in The Last Jedi, he does not want to take on Rey. It is this very interesting lineage of... Skywalkers who want connection and emotion and want to be a part of something bigger, but the moment that they have to pass that on to someone or to the next generation, they freeze up and almost make these children feel so unwanted. And of course, Anakin and Ahsoka get over that. But it was interesting that, like, it was that moment where Ahsoka says, just like, not only is he joking about this, but I don't think he wants me as a Padawan. And like, it, cause it's interesting that like Ahsoka's doing the same thing to Sabine where it doesn't seem like she wants her around either. Because every single Skywalker is a poor candidate for Jedi-hood. Every single one. <laughs> Whoa, every, explain like, this. Okay, to know, to know okay, that okay. while this is happening, Luke is sipping a margarita on an island somewhere, not doing anything. Him, <laughs> so every single one of them, the, the Jedi had, first of all, we we all have our problems with the Jedi Order, right? We all do. But <laughs> the Jedi were around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And they were around for all, all of that time because they had a very specific way of doing things. They understood the danger of the dark side. Um, they understood how you could be corrupted by connection and all of that stuff, right? They got that. 
That was a thing. They needed you to come in young. They needed you to have a sense of duty. Now, what happened with the Jedi, we've discussed this before, is that they stopped worshiping and living their lives by the will of the force. And they started worshiping and living their lives by the will of the people. My allegiance is to democracy. That's actually a statement that Obi-Wan Kenobi should not be making. So you're saying we need the church and government now? No, what I'm saying is that like Qui-Gon Jinn was, he was uh, a Padawan to different Jedi, but he also like submitted to the will of the living force. The will of the living force is what he is what a Jedi really should be promoting. The will of I the I think force. that's why the council disliked him so much. Cause he at that point he they looked at him like he was insane because, because they like, had become this... they had become bureaucrats. They had exactly, essentially become exactly. Yeah, right. Now, having said that, you know, Luke becomes a Jedi. The the the, the power, the 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 Skywalkers are super powerful. And so there's some things that don't have to happen. Luke becomes a Jedi when he's like 17 or 18 years old. He starts his training, right? That's the minute Yoda trains him and he gets enough power where he feels like he can save his friends. He leaves. He fucks. Like literally, that's what the Skywalkers do every single time. They always have a reason. They always have a reason other than other than the will of the force or being one with the force. They have a, 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 a much different learning curve than other Jedi do. And that that's partly because their talent means that it takes less to train them. Shit, by the time we get to Rey, you didn't have to train her at all. Like, you, you, you know what I mean? She just, she, your, their talent means that they that, that it takes less to train them. So, you know, even when comparing what the Skywalkers did to the Jedi, you have to, comp- you have to look at it to me in its totality. So when I look at Ahsoka, Ahsoka was given a more traditional Jedi uh, experience, but then she ran into a non-traditional Jedi who never cared about the customs, who never cared about the history, who never cared about any of that. He cared about very specific things, which were and helping training her save on his the friends. Battlefield. It's not like, he's like, this is normal. Just keep up. And I'm just like, Anakin, do not train a fucking Padawan on like, and they didn't have a choice. This was a war. I get it. But I'm like, no wonder she is so like what you described earlier as like wooden, like the Ahsoka that we get. I'm like, okay, this, Rosario's betrayal makes sense because this is an adult where the trauma finally catches up to them. And it's just like, oh, I've been fighting my entire life. And what and this revelation that she comes to at the end when we when Anakin imparts that lesson of like legacy and uh this pattern of masters and apprentices and fighting and living and dying and protecting, she rejects it. A, she doesn't want to subscribe to that. And B, she knows that it's not about becoming your master. It is about growing past your master. Like what happens in The Last Jedi when Yoda says to Luke, he's what like, the we fuck are with- is on? What, what are you on with The Last Jedi? Because it's because Ahsoka's realizing that this is a cycle that she needs to break. This isn't about wanting to be a part of a thing that you need to teach the exact same lessons or the exact same types of indoctrinating things that bring us eventually to war because that conflict will ebb and flow. She has to break away from it. It's why she walked away from Anakin and it's why she finally feels good about that decision so often later because 
She's finally reckoning with the idea and her perception of Anakin. This isn't actually Anakin she's interacting with. She's just um, like imagining and perceiving how he can possibly interact with her. I took it as she was fighting herself. She is fighting a vision of, yes. she's fighting her internal vision of who Anakin was and who she needed him to be. I didn't view this as this is actually an Anakin force ghost. Right? She, she's, no. to me, she's fighting her guilt. Yes. She's fighting the she's fighting the fact that um there's a part of her that believes that had she not left, then he would have never succumbed to the dark side. Exactly. And she and, and she and, knows and, now and, that like, this is he, part of that cycle. She'd have, she'd, have, she'd have been dead. Uh and so and so uh she's fighting with the fact that there was a failure there and she's letting it go. And really, he frees her. The choice to live is always the choice to move on. Like any any time, the choice to live, the choice to get over grief, the choice to get over uh, failure is always to move on. When you say I choose to live, you're saying I choose to forgive, I choose to move on, I choose to have a new adventure. And that's what she chose. And and, and so to me, you know... I actually disagree with a lot of the stuff in the last Jedi. I, I understand, but I think that that lesson that 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 Yoda gives is reflected here. Yeah, I I, I, you, I personally think that if we want to start blaming people for the end of the Jedi, I love the Jedi. We can blame the Skywalkers because it wasn't until they came around. They're like Rick's people in Walking Dead. Oh, yeah, my. you you love them. But you know when they show up somewhere, people are gonna die. <laughs> like, like you, you know, Jones. Best you thing you can do though. is walk away from a Skywalker. Right. Well, I mean, and Ahsoka does that. Like at the like, there's a scene at the Siege of Mandalorian. Anakin's like, I've never been here before. What's going on? He's like, Look, this is what became of me. Like I'm a fighter. It's what I do. Uh, you taught me that. He's like, Did I teach you that though? You know what I'm saying? He's like, Yeah, you, I'm just like you. And he's like, And Ahsoka's like. Yeah, we're the same, except that you're super dangerous, my guy. And he's like, are you still on that? Like, are we still like you haven't learned anything? And I think that 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 seems like so, so important. I really I really love this episode, guys. We can't tell that scene is so important because it's the it's what I mean, it's what you guys were talking about. And it's the realization, you know, her mentally going like, look. This dude, no matter what what I could have done, whether I was there or not, he was always going to become this. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's nothing I could have done. It was his destiny to change it. It was his destiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So from at this point right now, I got I got to let go. I got to live. Also, the scene is is kind it's kind of tight because she's like he's like the Verdi. She's like I can't make the decision. He's like. Incorrect. I'm like, oh, let's go. You're gonna go crazy. You're gonna spaz. I am not a Good sports scene. fan. Y'all know I'm not a sports fan at all. But the vibe I was getting from Hayden's portrayal when he starts to turn dark, I was just like, this is like watching Tom Brady when he was in the midst of like a divorce. And I'm like, <laughs> just the look. I was just like, oh, Anakin's lost everything, and he's so talented. But like you sold your soul long ago to be very talented at this thing. It was like the weirdest because like usually when we see live action Hayden, he's like, I'm evil. Da, 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 da. And this, I was just like, there is something sinister behind this talent and behind these eyes. Even when he's being charming, I'm like. But you know oh. what? 
he was in control. Like every time we see him, he's fucking freaking out. You know what I mean? He's just like oh, his grandson. Uh, in Revenge no, of the I'm Sith. just saying uh, the, the entire t- the difference between Anakin Skywalker here in live action at least, and the other live action Hayden Christensen like is he's always losing control. He's yes. always freaking out. He's whining. He's crying. He's like he's holding me back. But in this situation, there's a wisdom here that makes him seem and a and a there's a wisdom and a um. And sincerity that makes him seem even more sinister. It makes yes. it, it makes him seem more dangerous because he seems sure. It makes him seem more powerful. This seems like the most powerful guy ever. He knows what the fuck he's talking about. Whereas every time, every other time that we see him, he's bitching about something. I mean, but like, don't you think that's because of Hayden's? When Hayden was Anakin, that's a very young performance where a sure. lot of young actors. They feel like I need to be super big and emote and I have to basically prove to you that I can act and I have to sell these emotions where this Hayden, I'm just like, okay, not only have you lived life, but this is just a more mature portrayal where you're like, you're more sinister because to your point, Van, he's so in control. I'm like, I don't know what this motherfucker is. Actually, I think it's how he was written. I think Mm. he was, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think he was written in a very, and that maybe that's the way, look, in order for him to, in order for us to buy it, he was going to kill hundreds of thousands of people, kill children, snap the necks and do all of that stuff. We probably had to believe that he in some way didn't have control over himself, that he was just this emotional being that the drop of a hat flies off the handle, ignites a lightsaber and kills a bunch of people. He was that, but in between, we know it because we've watched Clone Wars, he was also something else. And this is the first time we've seen that on screen, wouldn't you say, Chuck? Oh, no, I totally, I totally agree. I mean, the other thing I want to ask y'all about is like, if we zero in on the, the Clone Wars of it all, it was fascinating to me because I'm like, that was those two scenes, um, Siege of Mandalore and one of their first battles, I was like, that was the moment where I'm like, this is everything that I've ever wanted in Star Wars. And Van, I think you brought it up earlier, uh, where I was just like, oh, they are just biting off so fucking much. Where I was just like, I felt a wave of nostalgia. I was like, this is cool. Like, I just love seeing older Hayden with younger Ahsoka. But there were points where I was just like, this did used to be a cartoon and it is still a cartoon in my mind. And even young Ahsoka... Did young Ahsoka work for you guys, not as an actress, but like visually? Because I'm like, I have such a visual representation of young Ahsoka. It was weird being like, oh, this is like a, this is a young woman now. Like, this is a real flesh. Like, it was, I was jarred almost being like, oh, shit. In a way, I wasn't for Hayden because I've seen Hayden. Yeah, I I think it's a bit more of like when you see a cartoon portrayal of what is essentially a 14 or 15 year old girl and then seeing an actual 14 or 15 year old girl play that role that's like oh wow yeah no that this is some real shit like they were child soldiers for real like yeah, that, no, that is, is that is, that more is a feeling i had where i was just like oh this is oh okay and it took my mind a little bit to to switch off that i'm not watching clone wars i am watching a live action version of clone wars 
which was super interesting and fascinating. And I honestly just wanted more of it because very smartly, I think they had to keep it moving. But <laughs> my mind just kept going back. I'm like, whoa, 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 keep this scene going a little bit longer. I just wanted to know what was going on. Also, when young Ahsoka is holding the trooper's fucking hand and shit, and Anakin just comes over, he's like, all right, yada, 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 come on. And I'm just like, Anakin, yeah. An- can you stop, please? Can you no, be that's like Darth Vader? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's so afraid of becoming him, like, you know, and it's it's so apparent throughout this episode, or throughout the episode when you watch it back, like, her whole thing is like, bro, I, I, I don't want to become you. Like, this lineage, this whole thing has been terrible for me. And I I don't want to continue your legacy, frankly. He's like, well, tough tough scene. You're going to have to pick it up. <laughs> learn. Tough scene, man. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I taught you. It's, it is what it is. You just have to choose to move beyond it. You have to choose to, to move forward. And, and, you know, take the good things and, you know, forget about the the bad things. And it's, yeah, man, what a remarkable episode. Of I, I will say in live action, though, I was just like, Anakin, why the fuck are all these troopers just fucking running into the fucking dust? I'm like, can y'all like form up into a formation? Nah. I, no, no, hold on. Nah. That, that was like the, I think that's the best use of the volume I've ever seen because it's like in a dream space Super and dusty. you're surrounded by like this pink and orange fog. And it's kind it's kind of like that weird like thing that you see in a play where they just like huddle into like one small space and have their little moment and then run off into the mist. I, I genuinely like loved that. And you only see shadows and little like parts of big giant war machines and stuff like that. I thought that was perfectly done. I think they kind of made you submit to the fact that you're watching a television show. Sure. And, and it, so it looked amazing. It, it, yeah, it's it's I mean, I mean, I'm saying it, it looked great, but it's also it's also one of the first times where I wasn't like, oh, you know what? I wish this was a movie. I get that this is TV. It felt smaller. It felt intimate. I didn't need like 100,000 clones on the screen to make it feel like that. I wanted it to be centered on these two characters and how they were tethered together. What you guys think about the lightsaber fight in this? There's already been some discourse. Well, which one? The light, I'm talking about the lightsaber battle here between um, Anakin and Ahsoka. People can stop bitching. They finally went back to the prequel speed. Like Anakin, the way he was wielding that shit, I was just like, God damn. He's Man, he so still like- got that. Well, yeah, Hayden is like probably like one of the best on-screen like lightsaber fighters that Star Wars has. Like when he when he when he brings it up, he brings it up. Well, I thought it was awesome. I thought the lightsaber fights were great. What's the discourse? I'm was- curious. Like, are oh, yeah, also the discourse? doing the fucking Anakin twirls. I'm like the- just yeah. like, oh, fucking yeah, 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 bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, why are people why are people complaining that about it? I thought awesome. this, I thought it looked good. This yeah. I thought. In, when they were in the world, in between worlds, and they first, when he's not evil, when he has the blue lightsaber, and they're going at it, I did crack a smile. I was just like, we've been debating it. We've been debating it. This is like, I'm like, I knew Filoni would go <clears throat> back to the traditional height of the Jedi. Because I do think, if I was being real, for the last couple episodes, I was being like, Ahsoka is, should be way stronger than this. Like, Ahsoka, in terms of just, like, what she was going up against as a child, she's a prodigy. And this was the first episode where I was just, like, when she was fighting against Anakin, I'm like, oh, no, that's... This is why she's so fucking good. What kind I mean, of discourse wait, are did you, you hearing, Did you hate the lightsaber fight, man? Yeah, what's I the like, discourse? Uh, there's no discourse. I, I mean, you, for you me... You just a said... Discourse. Wait, 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 wait. Well, there's no discourse from me. I've seen uh, people still... Um, Uh, criticizing the lightsaber battle. I liked it a lot. I liked every part of this episode. 
It's good to stay up to date. That's why you listen to all of your favorite Ringer podcasts, right? And that's why the 2024 Nissan Rogue has Google built right into its 12.3-inch touchscreen infotainment system. With Google Maps, Assistant, and more, you can stay up to date on everything that's ahead without even needing to connect your phone. Find your next adventure with a Nissan SUV. Learn more about the Nissan Rogue, Pathfinder, and Armada at NissanUSA.com. This episode is brought to you by Duncan. Duncan just dropped a new kind of energy, and they call it Sparked Energy. Are you a spontaneous spirit who likes bringing a high-octane feel to the group chat? Grab a Berry Burst Sparked Energy. Love bringing that upbeat comedy vibe wherever you go? Turn the fun up to 11 with their peach sunshine flavor. Whatever your energy, Duncan's here to match it with a revitalizing burst of caffeine and full-on fruit flavors. Even better, a medium sparked energy is $3 now through March 19th. Drop by and get sparked by Duncan. Sparked energy drinks are fruit-flavored, contain 0% fruit juice. Beverages contain caffeine from caffeine and guarana. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. At Walt Disney World Resort, magic is found in spontaneity, the unplanned, the unexpected, an inside joke born in the Haunted Mansion queue, a surprise stitch sighting in Tomorrowland, watching fireworks from your room. These memories aren't made from predetermined plans, but manifested from simply being present and together in the most magical place. Find your moment at Walt Disney World Resort. Another part of the episode that I liked is what was happening back on Cetos. Because <laughs> you didn't dig that, Jomi? You didn't have, dig you didn't <laughs> dig Jason Sandula and notes. his force powers. Listen, oh, and okay, I want to hear. So you Joey, guys who Joey, you guys wanted to see Jomi, what notes did you have? You didn't like Jason and the fact that he was able to use his force powers, his abilities to help his mom. And uh, uh, and 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 everybody else find Ahsoka sl- while the Slap Dick Empire, which is my new name for the Republic, <laughs> the Slap the, Dick the, Empire. The, the new, like this is the Republic. The Republic is no longer the Republic. I hate them worse than the Empire. It's not even close. Okay, uh, it's, it's, it's seriously like they're now called the Slap Dick Empire. Is that's what they are? Because they don't fucking, uh, they've learned no lessons. Jomi, what, what were your notes for what was happening back on the I mean, it's, it's, it's mainly one note. Uh, y- you know, I, I don't know whether it's the writing or just the, uh, the quality of acting, but every time Jason opens his mouth, a little bit of vomit comes out of mine. I'm just like, God damn, it's a kid. Damn it, Jesus. He's a, he's a kid. Dog, listen, bro. man, I know it's tough to like listen, go from listen, young Ahsoka to write that, listen, but listen, listen, I'm sorry. Show me. Listen, it's not all bad. It's not all I bad. Mean, you're not wrong, but, but that was, but me. there's a little bit, but there's like, there's some lines where it's like, gee, golly, Mr. Uh, so-and-so, like I'm listening like Robin from the fifties. You know what I mean? And it's like, guys, come on. Like, I understand he's a child, you know, and he's got these force abilities. Like, the part where he uses them to find uh, Ahsoka, great, fantastic. But when he's, like, in the in the, in the the cockpit with his mom, he's just like, well, mom. I'm like, bruh, like, who, mom, who's in charge here? Mom, where are the space whales going? <laughs> this is a Jedi starship. Golly gee. <laughs> uh, there is a little it's an space. an anti-pluck agenda. <laughs> It, 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 I, it's, 
too much. The spunk is out of control. He had some. He had had some I, I will call it more spunk than pluck. See, pluck, pluck, pluck always has answers. Pluck thinks they know what they're doing. Oh, like so there's like would, an arrogance to it that you don't yeah, like. Yeah, like the thing I don't like about Pluck is Pluck is like, ah, yeah, I'm flipping. Woo, look at me. I look at me, I can swing. And Pluck, Pluck is Pluck has a, a certain fucking <laughs> assholeness to it. I don't like Pluck. Pluck comes through like they know what the fuck they're doing. They're plucky, right? They're, oh, I know how I'm a plucky pluck motherfucker. Plucky pluck, you know. He was more of like a kid, like a kid asking you why the sky is blue. That's not pluck. Not, not to me. Like he's like, yeah, can I train in the thing? No, yeah, he's no. Like, no. When he was like, "Mom, come over here. I'm feeling something." And then there was also this weird That's line delivery. Pluck. There was a weird it's line delivery where he's like, "Chopper wants you to go down, Mom. Lower, lower, as low as you can." Get. I, no, I thought I thought <laughs> I was that like, was fine. Well, <laughs> like I, swear, it's, I think it's really the scene where they're in the when they're in the ghost together. He just like asks her question after question. I'm like, brother. Please. That's a kid. That's what this. a kid does. And listen, I'm so I, mean, Joe. I said this when I first saw it. I like dog. every every little bit of audience surrogacy is inside of Jason right now because the, again, we got like the show is kind of conscious about the fact that not many people saw the Clone Wars, and they're like, "Yeah, my dad, who who was a Jedi, who died." They're like, "His dad, Kanan Jarrus, was a great Jedi." And, but no, I do love when our guys just like, "Yes, his father had abilities and was a Jedi," and then he's just like. Okay, and he just goes to it like he kind of shrugs that off. I love. Well, I mean, that. he shrugs it off because he ain't got no abilities. He, I know, so, but like also, just so like, all right, a, we're gonna a, let the kid. Like, I've been running circles around this planet looking for somebody, and you're gonna rely on a kid. I was like, all right, yeah, fine, let's go on the, the sp- fire up the engines again. And by the way, I have a problem with this. I have a problem with this in a grand scheme. Okay, Star Wars. They're Jedi. We know that they're Jedi. You know that they can do stuff. That guy who fought in the Clone Wars, no, actually, he probably didn't. He fought no, in he the didn't. Rebellion. Rebellion. But even, but even if he fought in the Rebellion, then he's aware that a wizard helped them win. Yeah, but now he's like been regulated to like a mall cop. It don't now. fucking matter. He's aware that a wizard helped them win. He's aware that there was a Darth Vader guy who could choke people and all of that stuff. They by this point, the fact that that little nigga could send somebody in the water, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. I know that this it's is a what big I'm galaxy, but it, it shouldn't be that big of a deal that he could send somebody in the water. He's force sensitive. Fucking deal with it. This happened a couple episodes ago. He was like, Mom, I don't feel well. Something is happening. And I'm like, Hera, you like you knew Kanan. Something is happening with the force. She always like, oh, man, just a tummy ache. Forget about it. We got a mission. And I'm like, this kid is a do you think? Do you think that Hera is using her son as a combatant to find different shit? Like she's got him. Because I'm wondering why is she bringing him on these things? But maybe... Maybe it's a like a LeVar Ball situation here. You know, maybe it's a situation to where she's getting him ready for the big leagues and really using his shit. If she you was getting him ready for the big leagues, she'd have him training with Ahsoka like years ago. Oh, you know what I'm saying? To which she Ezra, does not want to do. Ezra is his fucking master. How dare you? Okay. I'm, I'm just saying, like, if I she, don't want she knows Ahsoka he's got anywhere near this kid. 
considering what the Skywalker line likes to do with their fucking Padawans Jesus and the Christ. kids they're tasked with. Wow, you say, you're saying that it's it's damaged goods for as a as a master there. They're all shit teachers. Ahsoka, Luke, fucking Obi Wan, Anakin, all of them. They're not the greatest teachers. What, Damn, nitpick My real God. quick. Hey, Jarrett's had some tough love in him too, but you know, Steve, you can't talk about this next nitpick, but I think this is the first time that we saw Ahsoka's hairline, like when she wakes up. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah and yeah. I was like, "Duck!" I see. Yo, she reminded gotta... me of me. See, I see. <laughs> I'm gonna start wearing hey, those. Yo, hey, I'm gonna start wearing those yo. little things, bro. I'm gonna start wearing one. This is like, I'm a, uh, Ahsoka was a black woman. They didn't show her with a rap for the first time. That shit. <laughs> Her hairline was <laughs> fucked up. I was like, wait a minute. Bro, Yo, whoa, whoa, Charles. Whoa, Jesus Christ. Are you trying to say that black women have fucked up hairlines? Is that what no, you want? No, I'm saying, have you ever, this is, I've met men who have done this. Have you ever like had a homeboy who's like, who wears a hat like really, really, really low? Nigga, Never takes that shit off. Minute he takes that shit off. You're like, God damn. All bro. the way back. Like, yeah. you know, it could be, it could be our kings. It could be our queens. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've had a fucked up hairline before. I was like, dog, we didn't have to do Ahsoka like this because that shit looked terrible. Why'd they take her little thing off? Why? Don't take <laughs> it off. It might have been soaked in the water. I don't and know. And then she well, puts it, it on wet, five yeah. seconds later. Like, she doesn't go out the house without it on. She leaves the fucking ship and you see it right back on her head. What do we think of dark, dark Anakin here with the red eyes? I want to ask a question. What about the choice not to go full Vader there? I have. Like I we, actually have a couple because 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 it is Vader, right? Because people think that people no, it's Vader. Because the moment the moment that he turns to the dark side is Darth Vader. He's not Cyborg Man yet, but he is essentially Vader. The moment he's being corrupted, do you think that was an intentional choice not to go full Vader suit there? Because maybe they've been giving us a little bit too much of that. I mean, we we saw glimpses of Vader, but he's got a red blade. Is he? He's. Corrupted by the dark side. What do you think it did for that scene to leave it as Skywalker, the form of Skywalker, and not full Vader as we know him with the Vaderness of Vadery Vader stuff? She's I think it, logistically, though, if we're being real, I remember watching Obi Wan and being like, "You have Hayden. Why aren't you doing? We got the little Hayden scene where they're training. I'm like, why wouldn't you do more Clone Wars? Why wouldn't you do more of this?" And I'm like. All of these shows are being made around the same time. I think from just a, like a logistic standpoint, I know Dave Filoni probably put his foot down and is just like, this is how I want to use Hayden. This is what I, how I want to use Ahsoka. And I think it was less about, I think Vader felt like a shadow over Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like that fight, that presence, it was just like full Vader. We're not getting that much Anakin. This very much felt like Filoni being like, I've been waiting my entire life to do this. Emotionally, I do think that we would view this episode differently if we got 50% Vader, 50% Hayden. I don't think it would have worked as well mm. unless you are seeing Ahsoka fighting a man and not a force of nature, which once the Vader helmet goes on, it's, it is a little hard to feel emotion. Like you feel fear, but it's hard to really connect because you're not you're not seeing a face, and I think that that was intentional from a storytelling standpoint and a like. How much more Vader do we need to see, especially after Obi Wan Kenobi? I was cool with it. Did you want more Vader though, Finn? Not at all. 
Nyle, I, I thought it was a very him. intentional choice to leave it where we could see the face of Anakin Skywalker, where we could see evil written all over his face. Vader gives you all of this dread, but no emotion. And that's why the scene at the end of uh, of Revenge of the Sith is so hilarious. Like, if, if that had been his face without his helmet on, it probably would have been a better scene. But it's, no. That's why it's so hilarious. You had to see them lock eyes, and you had to see what the decisions that he made had done to him and how it registered with her. So I, 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 we can leave that part of it uh, in the world between worlds. Is that the world between worlds? No. It's not? Jomi told It's not? It's clearly like her. I think it's like her, like imagination, like a dreamscape. I'd imagine. Then like, why could fucking the kid hear the lightsabers? Then because he's strong in the force, man. Wait like, a minute. Well, so he can hear her dreams. This I is guess. definitely the world between worlds. It it's looks like the world, the world between, between worlds. worlds. How does she get in there? She I fall think- in. And then fall out? Whoa, whoa, whoa. So I think that we had the world between worlds all wrong. Where okay, I feel like in Rebels, they make, the world, they make the world between worlds seem like a space that you need to basically unlock and go to. Mm-hmm. Where this, I think, flips that on its head. And it made the world between worlds almost feel like a spiritual place. It felt like this is where Ahsoka, on the verge of death, goes to deal with a spiritual journey and it feels like that's what that's what Jason was sensing. He was sensing a spiritual journey and mentally and emotionally what Ahsoka was going to going through. And that's what I like about it because I think once you start talking about is it time travel, is it not with the world between worlds, it becomes goofy versus this is a place where people who are strong in the force go to emotionally like think about what Ezra. Ezra has to go to the world between worlds to finally realize I need to let Kanan go. I like he's gone. Okay. You don't think so, so you don't think it no, was no, no. the world I, between I, worlds though. I think I th- okay, I think my question is and then I, I I paused this last week. The thing that would I don't understand how she would like she just like fall into the water and she wakes up in the world between worlds. Right? And then she comes back out of the world between worlds inside the water too. Like because I don't know, the, because because rebels made it such like a, a whole thing about how to get in there. That's what I'm saying. The last time we saw it was a whole thing of figuring out how to get into the world between worlds. Right? It took Palpatine a lot of power, and it took Ezra uh, a lot of a lot of energy to get there. So now, next time we see it, people are just falling in and out of the world between worlds like it's Kmart. You know what I'm saying? It's a little it's a little different than how this we've happens. known the thing. All the time in Star Wars, Jomi. What are you talking about? I guess. Does, does it? We watched a movie where Luke force projects his entire consciousness across the galaxy to fight his nephew. Like, it's like... Sometimes it's just vibes, all right? It's Sometimes vibes. It's like, <laughs> this, it's, it felt like this is vibes where I don't know how you can... The way I explain it in my mind, Ahsoka was only underwater for probably a couple minutes. But to her, she was experiencing hours upon hours of this spiritual journey. Yeah, here's what I'll say. Fuck it. I yeah. don't care. Logistics. We should not ex- over explain it. We don't, I don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, don't need to explain it. We're, not, we're, we're asking the questions because 
you know, I, I there was a discussion about whether or not it was the world between worlds. I say yes. It doesn't really matter. I say yes because um, Jason could sense it, and he Makes knows, sense. and he he could. But at the same time, maybe it's not. I tell you what, is it the world between worlds? What's on Cetos and going through space? My paleo pals, the Purgles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So <clears throat> Hera is dealing with the bureaucracy of the slapdick empire uh, known as the New Republic. I really wish that the Purgles would have destroyed all their ships. They did not deserve to win. <laughs> you just wanted them to hold a maneuver that entire thing? Just the whole deal. There was a mention of Leia there. Could use maybe some of her help. Okay. Um, Purgles. Why do they affect us? Why is... Uh, first of all, let's have a conversation about whales. Whales are okay. awesome. Okay, now, it's it's been known here that I'm the animal expert of this podcast. I was able to talk about the evolution of whales and be correct. All right, so the purgles. Bunch of purgles. We see them everywhere. Uh, and then she chooses a purgle. And then Ahsoka goes on a special journey to another galaxy. She communicates with the purgle. Now... We know that Jedi can talk to animals. They can talk to the purple. Some Jedi. Some Jedi. Um, how did you guys feel about the ending of this episode being purple based By the way, how do you know where you're going when you get on a purple? Can you use your Force abilities to commune with the purple and tell the purple where you want to go? Do all the Purgle go to the same place every time they jump into hyperspace? I have Purgle questions. Does I anyone have, have Purgle answers? answers? Yeah, we got, all answers. Answers. we got Purgle so answers. We got Purgle So I think you need to look at the Purgles like you would like an animal. Where, like, like, like a dog. You know what I'm saying? Where I think with her Force abilities, Ahsoka, now Ahsoka the White, communing with the Force, she can basically communicate that like, hey, like they know like this human is, I mean, this Jedi is friends with Ezra. Like they can sense that connection and they're like, say less, we'll take you to him. Like I think that Ezra, we know from Rebels, he had a very, very intimate relationship with animals. And I think Ahsoka, they're like, yo, we know you're good people. We know your family. Just hop on board. I don't think the Purgles would have known where to go unless they had, unless you're, they have a connection with someone like a Jedi who can, without words, point them to where where they want to go. Does that? I think it's actually. I think it's simpler than that. Actually, I think so. The map was was based on like the hyperspace lane was based on Pergo mig migration routes, right? And so, you know, they go to hyperspace and they go from like galaxy to galaxy, or whatever, migrating, kind of like like a whale would, right? Going from north to south when it gets cold or hot south to north when it gets hot or whatever right and so it's kind of like the same thing where okay you, they're going here you know because they're following our migration route hey we just gonna get in your mouth and follow you to where you going and hopefully our homies god there. damn that was you know a saying? really weird way shit did you not get fuck, did bro. they not get into the whale's mouth yes or no yeah you should say what you just said again you gonna do I'm, what? You gonna get in your mouth and do what? I'm gonna do what to you? I'm gonna Jesus get in your mouth, Christ, and we're gonna go to the side. 
That's what happened. Yeah. I'm just describing what happened. That's a trans. That's a trans. That's not a transgression because that's exactly that's a, what happened. That's a trans greasy. Did Ahsoka there and Hugh Yang not to, get in the purple's uh, mouth? Oh, what the fuck, Jomi? There were ways to say that, bro. There were ways to say that. They what traveled up, what with up. the she got, they got They got in the purple's mouth. I don't know they, what you're saying. I don't know what you like, want me to say. Just don't know. stop saying it. Say, Joe, Joe, me. It's disrespectful to the purgle. The purgle, the purgle don't look at it like that. I don't need any space bestiality. You're a fucking freak. Yeah, Jesus oh, Christ, Joe, me. Two of them in the mouth at the same time? That's some, that's some oh, different shit. Man. That's some kink.com type so, shit, bro. The Evil reason Angel. I want to push, push back on Joe, me, is that Evil in Angel. Rebels, when the purgles come, they're like Whoa. it feels like oh my god see what I'm saying like, okay yeah you, you see what I'm saying Charles oh, oh my saying? god come on now what is happening Can to we, this podcast you just, you just like bro why when the burgles, are you guys bro why are you guys arrive uh, uh, why are you guys doing this to the purgle oh my lord Jesus Christ when the purgles when the purgles arrive to save fucking Ezra and they take Ezra and Thrawn away. I took that more as a, like they're like they're doing their buddy Ezra a job and even if they're going on migration like their migration path they still need a Jedi to be like hey you have a connection to Ezra like this is like here's your here's your bus stop. You know what right. I mean? Well, I, I is- liken it to like when uh, you get you give a dog somebody's shoe and you're like okay you got the scent boy go find yeah. it. Yeah. That thing. Yeah. That that's basically what she did. Also, can we hit your ride? All right. So, a little bit about the future here. Robust podcast we're doing. All right. Now we're on our journey. We got three episodes left. We got six, seven, and eight. We had talked about Thrawn. We had talked about Ezra. Now let's be honest about some things. The show has done a fantastic job of making the appearance of those two characters not quite as essential as we once thought that it was. Okay, they've hit us with what I would say are three bangers in a row. You guys might say two. Charles might say one and a half. Why would I say one and a half? I don't know. I need you on board right now. Do you love this episode? Yes or no? Wait, do I like this episode? Do you love it? Make I a like decision. It. I thought it was a good episode. There you go. Okay, so two bangers in a row. <laughs> I, I do expect the next episode <clears throat> to see Grand, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Don't do this. Don't do this. I just I, I don't I don't want Van, to do it. Van, can we please? We've been very positive. I'm not writing. I'm not writing the show. I'm not writing the show. I, I'm against writing the show, but it does in a way seem like five is a mid season repilot, and a lot of good shows do this. You know, they exist in two or three episode arcs. All right, and you get to a point where. Something happens, and now the show is essentially embarking on a new adventure, the culmination of which will end the season of the show. It seems like now we're to a a point in the show where the villain of this part of it probably will be Grand Admiral Thrawn. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Grand Admiral Thrawn until the last episode. (laughs) Okay. I think that could work. I, I actually, I was skeptical about that before, but honestly, I think that they could actually pull that off now. I, I think that they could. Do you think we're getting a second season at this point? Because like now I'm like, this does not seem like it can be a complete story uh, without a second season. 
I think this will be the movie. You think it's like, yeah. But when is that movie coming out that's, again? Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. That, that, well, well, it, we still have we still have to get through. Uh, what's the one with the Stranger Things? Oh, Skeleton, uh, skeleton crew. crew. We have Skeleton Crew. Is that the only one that's on? Yeah, but they're talking about that movie like 2027 or something crazy like that. That's Think what about, I'm saying. And also, are they not? Are we not going to see Thrawn in the TV shows? Like, are we? Ju- is he? Oh, just he'll be in Skeleton Crew. I think I think he'll be in Skeleton Crew. I think he will. You don't think so? No, it's think- not that I don't think so. If Thrawn is in Skeleton Crew more than he is in Ahsoka, I think it would be weird. Y'all don't think that would be a little like because mm. these little kids don't know who fucking Thrawn is. Like <laughs> they might, they might learn to, to to know him. They might, they might learn to to fear him, to fear Thrawn. I mean, at this point, the next episode. Ahsoka is going to be in proximity to Sabine, Balin, Morgan, maybe Ezra, maybe Thrawn. So at some point, they're going to have to stop with the appetizers and ser- the appetizers and serve the meal. At some point. I don't hold know what that's... Hold on. What if Ahsoka is the meal and Thrawn and Ezra are the dessert? That was a weirdly sexual way to put it. I, I don't know. I see what I'm saying now. This is just because weirdly, of what you did before. Weird... Just because of what you did before. Yeah. Was like, how it, did I take it, your the same thing you said? But you because it it wasn't when you say it when like when you did yeah. that because Charles me and Charles on. are on the same. A lot of projection going on. How is that projection? I just I just love how I'm third in line for the horny allegations. Come the end of this no, episode. No, 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 whoa, 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 whoa! First whoa. Steve, it's not Steve, even about. You are in Spotify HQ getting bricked up when fucking Bro, heroes are crazy. Oh. It's Relax. not even about. But also to me, it's not even about the horny allegations because let's face it, man, Hera doing her thing. How like, dare he? He goes to the strip club and is like, "This is this this place isn't my type of place, man." And he starts talking <laughs> to one of the girls, and the next thing you know, you're better than this. I can take you away from here. Oh, Steve has tried. See, Steve has tried to quote unquote save these. By the way, those women madams, don't lot, need. They don't need. They're doing what they want to do. They Steve, don't, see, they don't need saving. They don't Steve need saving. That? But but they don't, and that's the problem with the sacrifice. The problem with the sacrifice is they take their own personal shit and they use it to color everything else. You know, you think that they're doing the right thing, but they're really doing the thing for the sack. And that's you. That's, I can't believe you did that. Oh, Dave Filoni is shooting her. In the, it's the same shit that's been going on. You like the glutamous cakesimus. Deal with it. Come to terms with it, Steve. You're always trying to act like you don't like it. You like it. <laughs> Come to- <laughs> Banger of an episode of Ahsoka. This was the first episode where I was just like, I never want to hear the conversation. Is Ahsoka for Clone Wars and Rebels fans or is Ahsoka for everyone? Oh, Jomi has something was, to say about that. This was the episode where I was like, this episode to me is for, like, I'm like, this whole series is for Clone Wars and Rebels fans because emotionally speaking, I do not know unless you watched the relationship between a young Ahsoka and Anakin develop over those seasons. I don't know if this would hit as hard. And even some of the criticisms I'm seeing, I'm like, these are criticisms of someone trying to hop onto like a TV show 
five, six, 200 episodes in where I do, like, I was like, I am enjoying this because I've watched all of that and it's richer. I don't know if I would have had that same feeling going in without. Skittle? Joey? Yeah. Nah, if, that's something I, I posited before we start recording, but like, we're all Clone Wars fans here, you know, and I know a lot of our fans are locked in on that kind of stuff. You you watched it, you're like, man, this is great. See that relationship? Fantastic. If you're not locked in, you have no idea what's going on. <laughs> like, it'd just be like, oh, okay, so, okay, so they were, okay, so he was a master, okay. I mean, you if you know Anakin, the story of Anakin, if you've seen the prequels, then you, like, kind of get some sort of informational, uh, you have some sort of basis of knowledge. But if you don't know the, like, if Anakin calling her snips doesn't hit you in the chest, oh, you're, you're, you're lost. It's not, just does not hit the same. Even, even Which, the Urgle shit, I would say, if you have not watched Rebels, like, and they're doing like the sweeping sounds and you're just like, why is this so important? Mm. I didn't think you would be like, wait, why do they, like, why do they keep getting Totes weirdly disagree. emotional around these space waves? Yeah, I disagree as well. Totes, I think, totally. I think it's disagree. Yeah. Totes disagree. I think that the, the characters are rendered majestically enough on the screen that they hold this weight being that they're Whalian whales, that's why I was talking about earlier. I think that they that they're majestic enough to where you get that they're a big deal. Totes disagree. We've totes, seen the, I mean, totes, we've seen totes. the burgos before. We've seen them be like, "Wow, the burgos are really cool." They, they've described the burgos. Uh, no, I won't say in detail, but they've given us enough information. They gave you the idea. Yeah. Right. The, yeah, but, but y'all are saying that from the viewpoint of people who love this shit. If you are people, if you're like a Star Wars fan who's just like fuck the cartoons fuck all this shit and i was just like oh now i see why they're annoyed i mean if I you say fuck the cartoons fuck all this shit are you watching ahsoka anyway yeah you just hate it oh no i think a lot of them like that i think there is a contingent where like because you have to realize like people were watching mando people were watching book of boba fett i do think that yeah but this is coming who, from a world where diehards were like saying that there's that andor was shitty like it's the like I, I'm not saying that all people are going to be like down on Ahsoka just because it's another thing, but like we're in this era of IP where they're like, okay, how much do I really need to know before I watch this thing? Not that much, okay. How much is the show going to hold my hand? A decent enough degree, I think so. Charles, fight back. I so mean, you just put some on your ass. You getting you playing you're playing. What, not, what's happening whoa, right now is what's I, happening right now is you're getting mita you're getting mitified. I'm not He's getting mitzvahed. I'm, the the, I'm brushing those teeth. If Jomi oh, was feeling the same thing that I was feeling what? in terms of like... Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're brushing those teeth? Yeah. Is he making you mention fresh? Chuck, oh fight back. Oh, my God. Chuck, fight back, bro. Fight back, Chuck. <laughs> Charles is fucking looking First of all, I am about to fucking hang the fuck up. Shit. <laughs> so fucking fast. But no, like, I, the, let's just say the uh, discourse, the Ahsoka discourse is toxic in a way that I have not seen in quite a while. And while I do think a lot of that is wrapped up in a very, very racist, uh, misogynistic contingent. Saji? Misogynistic contingent of the Star Wars fandom. I do think when I was speaking earlier about this is the culmination of what Dave Filoni has been working towards. If you are anti-Dave Filoni already, there's nothing in that episode that is going to be like, I finally get it. I think that like you have to surrender yourself to the project. And the project has been, at least for Dave Filoni, for as long as he has been part of this Star Wars universe, 
not only adding and recontextualizing and adding emotion to those prequel movies through animation, once he got enough power, it's like, okay, now I'm going to show you that these are real characters with real actors and we're doing the thing. And I think your enjoyment of this episode is going to entail whether you are in the Filoni-verse and you are in the world and you love the world he's building. And if you don't, you're going to keep being like, Hera's wooden, Ahsoka's wooden, fucking nostalgia. Nah, it's bitches. Yeah, this episode is definitely, like, we agree that we liked it and we had a fun time. This episode's a little more divisive everywhere else. People who liked it, people who like watched the Clone Wars and didn't like it, people who didn't watch the Clone Wars and, and liked it. You know what I'm saying? I think what it is is just, you know, how attached are you to the Clone Wars? How attached are you to these characters? And what lessons did we learn? I think we all came I also to think the high, I, think, I also think the hype plays into that. Go ahead. That's also true. Yeah. The right? movie think, theater thing, I think, actually was like, motherfuckers yeah. is acting like this is going to be a two-hour episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think when you when you walk out the episode and you're like, Oh, Ahsoka realizes that her past, like you know, her past doesn't determine her future, and that she can now move forward and become a better Jedi than she ever realized that she could be. You're like, oh, okay, cool. That's you know, whatever. And if you don't walk away with that, you're kind of wondering, what was the point? Why did I sit here? And especially if you don't have that Clone Wars Rebels back backstory knowledge, you're like, yo, what the hell? So yeah, no, I see it. Where does this rank all time in Star Wars TV Disney Plus? TV shows as an episode. It's way up there. It's 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 got to be like top five. It's it's getting to the doorstep of some Andor episodes. Oh, that's it. Oh, I forgot about Andor. Oh, man. I think think it's lower top 10. Lower top 10? I think it's top five for sure. Between Andor and between some Mando episodes, I don't think it's an easy top five. You know what? I actually think that this episode in many ways is a standard setter. For Star Wars live action television. All right, no, no, whoa, 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 whoa. You are setting whoa, yourself up whoa. for so much Me personally, man. I want to do that to myself. I want to do that to myself. No. My daddy. I think, ooh, I think, here's, daddy, a, and here's yeah. a problem with Star Wars versus the MCU. I know, like, just, just bear with me on this. The MCU still has films. That's why they're not like doing all this big stuff in the TV shows because like they want you to come out of theaters and see all the spectacle stuff. Star Wars doesn't have movies no more, right? There's no like they're, they're trying to restart the thing, but Dave Filoni can't go and cook for two hours with the whole script and a movie and like that. So if he's going to do something, it's going to happen on TV, right? That's how we get moments like this. I feel like we should take this moment and be happy and chalk it up as a special one. Because I don't really, I don't know. I don't know if they're clearing the check. I don't know if they're going to see this again. Any other director. <laughs> like this episode, I was like, this costs a lot of money. I don't know what other director could come in and be like, you know what? I want to redo the Clone Wars in live action. You're tripping, man. You're about to be. Scott I don't Cruz's know, come man. Out and you're like, Star Wars is dead. I think this is a special case. Also, how funny is it that like, probably like some of the best episodes of Star Wars television ever are in the book of Boba Fett. How crazy is that? You guys are haters. <laughs> you guys are haters in the show. That's enough. I've had enough of you guys. I've had enough. It's of not even that, like a, it's of not some even, of the like, stuff that it's goes. A episode. I've said it's enough. In the book of Boba Fett, it's crazy. That's but like, you tell me, I'll jump through this thing and kick you in your, what'd you say? The mouth of the purgle? You want, you want a purgle? Get up in get, your mouth. Get all up in the purgle mouth? That's going to be a new well, slang. So, and what does that purgle quick, mouth do, Jeremy? 
Well, J- Joey, hey, what, what is that? Joey, tell, well, tell us listen, about that. That baleen, you know what I'm saying? That baleen. We were we're watching it with Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah is one of the podcast producers. A known freak. And and Isaiah, when the the whale opened his mouth, Isaiah was like, wow, that's weird. Why does the the whale look like that? We were like, Isaiah, (laughs) well, that's, they have bailing. They don't, did you want the whale to have like teeth? Like, did you want them to look like He's a like, shark? I didn't, like, expect I, I didn't expect the teeth to look like that. I was like, That's what did not... you expect whale teeth to Are look we like? Also, we need to stop in, in universe. In universe, do they call the Purgles whales? No. That's just, that's us. No, but, but, they, but Jason but called it a whale. That's true. And I was just like, Jason, mm. it's a Purgle. Like, do, do they have whales? Do they have earth whales? They probably the have, they have a whale type thing. Obviously, they do. And then you have whales of the sky. Star yeah, Wars but has do, lots but of interesting creatures, whale Charles. Whales. This is a galaxy far, far away. Do they call whale whales? Wait, do they have ooh, do they have any animal in Star Wars that is the same as an Earth animal? Well, no, that is true. Yep, because Vader was on a horse. In the comic book, Vader rode a horse. What? Yeah. Hmm. Vader, Vader rode a horse in the comic book. I've, apparently, does Vader rode a horse. Yeah, he rode a horse. Vader, Star Wars horse. I remember reading this. He, he was on a horse. They're horses. Was it like a dark, dark horse? Like a? Did what they have like it? flames come out? Is it like something what? that like Sauron would ride or something? Yeah. See, it's Vader. See, Vader is on this horse. You guys never. You know, it's a different type. I of horse. Yeah, yeah. It's a horse type of animal. It's kind of got horns of some sort. Vader's got like a, he's got a horse that he rides. Do you think does a horse have horns? This is my last question. Do y'all like a, do y'all think when they go to this new fucking galaxy, everybody's like? It'll be a new galaxy of new stories. This is where our Earth will be. There was it. I'm just like, guys, I don't actually. They're known think. as Orbox. Orbox. If yeah. they you show could, up to our galaxy, like, imagine the Soka, they show up on Earth and then and Ezra at a Buffalo Wild Wings. That'd be insane. Modern we, day. We, 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 really, modern day. we really have to go, guys. <laughs> yo, imagine if Ezra's no, shut the, the fuck up. It's over. It's over. Be great, it's over. Yo. It's over, guys. It's over. It's, it's, we gotta go. Ezra they said they sit at a Dairy Queen. He's just like, that's no, enough. Forever to get. That's a wrap, guys. Follow us on socials: Insta, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. Hashtag Jomi Jason's new dad. Coming up on the feed. Uh, this Friday Minute Edition, we'll be discussing Harley Quinn Season 4. Also on Friday, House of R, we'll be giving you their deep dive into Ahsoka Episode 5. Grown-ups are back in the room. And on Monday, Button Mash returns to discuss Mortal Kombat, Spider-Man, and the biggest games of October. The birth month of Drake, Charles's cousin. Um, our producer is Steve, the architect Almond. Our social producer is Jomi Adeneron, hashtag Jomasoka, an additional production from Arjuna Ramkapal. Chuck, take us out. Ahsoka's hairline is fucked up, oh and Jomi is a Jason hater. Whoa. Oh my God. <laughs> he did it. My finger was on the Steve, Steve, what are you doing? Steve, what? what that's the a curve. Fuck? I pushed the button. Steve, what the fuck? Steve? Nah, see, that's how Steve fights back. Steve fucked up my shit. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, 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 no,
tries to kill a young black woman. That's it. Right. Podcast over. We are the Midnight Boys. Give us some whale facts off the top of dome. Off the top of the dome? Don't have any. Okay. I know uh, about whales, but I don't know about them intimately enough. I'm willing to learn more about whales, but I know something. Whales are one of those elephant-type animals that give us all types of feels. Think about when you see a whale. Think about other movies that have made use of the whale. Free Willy. Boom. Killer whale. Also, uh, Avatar. Avatar, yes. Avatar uh-huh. the Whale Water had a nice whale who could communicate. We love a whale. They have human Ooh. eyes. They have, they, have, they have a human eyes and a human spirit, just like an elephant. When people hurt elephants, you're just like, no, this thing is so majestic and so old. You are hurting the soul of humanity. Would it be fair to say that the whale is the elephant of the sea and the elephant is the whale of the jungle? And um, Ooh. wow! I I see this. I mean, I, technically, the elephant is not in the jungle. Technically, the elephant is in the Serengeti, Sahara, or whatever. <laughs> Sahara, but <clears throat> what? Not the Sahara. Whatever it is. See what I'm saying? This is my point. They get to a certain level with us, and they stop teaching us about animals, so they right. can fuck up the environment, and we won't know what they're doing. This is by design. I swear to God. They don't want us to know about animals. They don't want us to know about mountain lion. They don't want us to know about all of these different things because they want to be able to do whatever they can. They do, and they don't want us to know. Okay, back to the purple. All right, Aaron Rodgers, do you have any other conspiracies you would like to tell us? It's not a conspiracy. And by the way, my I'm joking. I actually AC- do agree with you. My ACLs are intact. Achilles, your Achilles. Uh, <laughs> Achilles. <laughs> my Achilles, yeah. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just... Once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 